If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Diva. Hello to all divas. How are you? This is the Diva Podcast. If you're an LGBTQIA plus woman or non-binary person, this is your fortnightly podcast. And I'm Rachel Shelley. Today, we're visiting the relationship room with Diva Magazine's very own resident relationship coach, the awesome Ali Hendry. Ali is talking to Jem Ayres, a certified sex geek and orgasmic embodiment coach. She's also a sex coach and tantra practitioner. Together, they're chatting all about creating micro-pleasures, reframing failure and unearthing tantric touch. There is so much to learn in this episode. And after listening to Ali and Jem, go dig into our extensive Pod Diva archive with more than 100 original LGBTQIA interviews to browse through, amplifying the voices of the community and their allies. Then go get yourself an actual copy of Diva magazine. This month, it's the gorgeous one with Beverly Knight on the cover. Thanks for listening. Pod Diva. Welcome to The Relationship Room. My name is Ali Hendry. My pronouns are she, her. We are here to have a deep dive into a fantastic topic with my latest guest. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. That was so tuneful. <laughs> it's because we're talking about my favourite subject, Ali. We are, and you're the you're the perfect person. This would be my mastermind specialist subject. Dun 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 da da. Great. Without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself, share your pronouns, and let us know what you do? Thank you. My name's Jem Ayres. I'm an orgasmic embodiment coach. She her. And my work is in the mainstream, I call it sex coaching. But most people that work with me know that it's a lot bigger than sex. It's actually looking at how we can live with orgasmic energy and pleasure and how it ripples out and affects all aspects of our life, not just our partnerships and our bedroom activities. So how we can walk in pleasure, how we can work in pleasure and how we can take 
pleasure in and in the everyday. Amazing. So uh, how does a person get into this line of work? Oh, that's a very good question. In my 20s, I had experienced sexual shutdown and I had recognised that I'd had a lot of sex without much pleasure. And I think growing up in a, an environment which isn't so sex positive, as most of us have, and especially not tailored towards pleasure for those of us in female bodies, I didn't have a language around sex or intimacy or pleasure. And I didn't have an understanding of my body uh, and what actually pleasure could be for me. It was often following quite a performance model of a partner, specifically a male partner, also quite often for those of us in female bodies who are, you know, are that way inclined. And what I recognised was it's just very limiting for us. So regardless of people's gender or sexual orientation, there's always something more that we can learn about pleasure outside of the limiting box of what we're shown. I love that. When you explore the language of pleasure, what does that mean? Oh, good question. What that means to me is listening very deeply to my body because the body's language, the body speaks to us all the time, but the body speaks to us subtly in sensation because the mind can often be very loud and get involved and be very rational about what we should be doing or thinking or feeling. And what that does is it drowns out the subtleties and the softness from the body. And we've kind of trained ourselves to listen to the mind and ignore the body. So, you know, when we push ourselves too far at the gym, maybe, or just in life, when we suddenly get back from work and we collapse on the sofa, it's like, okay, yeah, we pushed ourselves too hard. Or when we've sat in a car for too long, our body tells us when we've pushed ourselves too hard. And we don't really listen. We override ourselves quite often. And in pleasure, what I think is really important is to actually practice pleasure. So make it a daily practice if we can. And it's the small micro pleasures. We don't really listen to pleasure in the body unless it's like the intensity of orgasmic release, if you like. So instead, how can we just enjoy the sun on our skin or the touch of our hands or fabric on our skin or the warmth of a bath and really bask in that and relish in those instead of making them the last thing you do once you've got everything on the to-do list done that makes so much sense and I love micro pleasure yeah micro pleasures we need to own them when I lead people into practices and I ask them what did you feel in the body we often say oh I just felt this or I just felt that it's like let's not belittle these experiences actually they're really valuable these micro pleasures because they're the foundation you know how can we experience anything greater if we're not allowing our body to have these micro experiences And they could be really relished in. It's not just a step on the ladder. You know, it's like, how can we enjoy those pleasures and just be in those and live in those? How does that fit into this word intimacy that is used a lot? And sometimes we're not given a a kind of definition that resonates with us or it doesn't make sense. So how would you describe intimacy how does it Mm, show up good question i think in this context we're talking about physical intimacy which is where actually we are we're connecting with ourselves or with a partner in a way that feels really right for us right now without sticking to the script of what we've been told or what we've been shown intimacy is like really being with 
kind of what's under the surface for us. And that's, again, if that's with a partner, that's being with someone that knows what's going on under the surface for us. You know, emotional intimacy is incredibly important for physical intimacy as well. My body can't open fully, for example, unless there's an emotional intimacy with that person. And what I mean by that is, you know, they know what's going on under the surface for me. They know my day-to-day struggles, you know, they know the gnarly things that I don't necessarily tell other people, like, you know, the doctor's appointments, the annoying phone calls. When we're seen that deeply and can be loved and accepted for all of our different, the parts of us which we might seem as flaws, then I think acceptance plays a big role in us allowing our body to open. Again, whether that's self-acceptance or acceptance and witnessing by a partner. I love that. And I love what you say about scripts, because as part of the LGBTQIA plus community and beyond, we are given permission to create our own scripts. We're not following societal ways of what is sex, what is intimacy, what is pleasure. I certainly remember when I came out having been married to a man and then exploring my own sexuality and realising how freeing it was to self-define what sex is, what intimacy is, how I connect with this person um, in a new way with no reference point to how I'd been conditioned, if you like, to interact with this body. We're drawing our own maps these days. It's brilliant. Relationship dynamics, like, oh, I get to design what goes on in my intimate life, regardless of sexuality or gender. It's like, what actually do I want my intimacy to look like and my close relationships to look like? And how does that fuel my life? We're stepping outside of the well-trodden path that's been role-modelled for us for generations and generations And that might be super helpful for some people. But for a lot of us, if that's the only option, it's very limiting. So yeah, an intimacy with the self is about knowing yourself and knowing yourself well enough to be able to do something a bit different and maybe be a bit brave and step outside of the society norms if we need, if we want, if we desire. Yeah. And so where could that start if somebody is thinking, oh, I like this idea of my own intimacy map? How would you start to form that picture? What what did you do around your intimacy journey? Oh, it always starts with the self for me. It's like getting intimate with yourself, really knowing yourself. And I'm a body worker. So one of my main practices is tuning into what's going on in your body when you're touching yourself. And that can be your genitals or it can be other parts of your body. Your skin is an amazing erogenous zone. So as I'm in touch with my own body, what do I feel today and right now? And it could be quite a structured approach to this practice, which we're not really used to in sexuality and touch. We just kind of usually touch ourselves when we're horny or when our partner's horny, maybe. What I'm saying is actually, let's make it in our diary, like a daily practice, like like yoga, that we visit our body every day. I'm going to visit my body today for 15 minutes, for five minutes, and I'm going to see what I can learn about myself through touch and see what my body tells me. And one day my body will tell me something completely different to whatever it told me the day before, even if I'm touching myself in the same way. Because in that way that we learn that we're not these robots, a plus B equals C every single day. We learn to be quite flexible and accepting and generous with ourselves. So actually, if I touch myself and I find something new or I find something a little bit challenging, 
Can I be okay with that? Can I give my body permission? Can I breathe and accept it? And can I look for the pleasure in that experience? You know, if it's not discomfort and it's not numbness, what are the micro sensations? What are the micro experiences of pleasure that can be found? And how can I be with those and expand my capacity for pleasure? And that might be through using breath work, as well as touch, as well as making sound, as well as moving your body. And another good thing is to look at what are your current habits. So maybe looking at your self-pleasure practice, if you have one, maybe looking at your partner pleasure, if you have one, and noticing what are my current habits? Am I always having sex in the bedroom on a Wednesday, on my back? Or is there a specific way that turns me on? Is there a specific pathway? And there's nothing wrong with that, but what that can mean is that there's been a neuro pathway in the brain which is really well trodden. One access, one route to pleasure. So how can I open up that experience? I know yesterday I gave someone a piece of homework around how she might receive oral sex from her partner, for example. I told her that, okay, she needs to stand. If she's not comfortable with it, she needs to stand so that she's not laying, she's not flat on her back, she's not going to dissociate, fall into previous bad experiences and memories around that. She's going to stand, so maybe she feels more in her power, maybe she feels more able to move her hips, maybe she feels more able to exit and end the situation if she needs to. But noticing that one of her habits was definitely one of my habits, because, you know, lazy receiving is also quite nice, right? But if we identify our habits, then what's the opposite of that? What else can we do? Do we not give instruction and do we wait for our partner to do what they think is best? Or do we always receive in a certain way? Or are we always the giver? Or are we relying on our partner and our partner's body to turn us on instead of what's happening inside our own body and our own experience amazing things there and i see that through line of giving ourselves permission to play to have an opportunity to try different things and look at any patterns that might be getting established and is that still what you want to do asking those questions of yourself and also with your partner or partners so i love what you said earlier about visiting yourself and making it into a practice I think that's such a brilliant, brilliant idea for people to think about tuning into you and making it something of value and really getting to know what are your yeses, what are your maybes, what are your noes. I think that is beautiful. And then thinking about how we examine our habits, whether that is our go-to. If we want to have outcome sex instead of journey sex we might be like right if I press these buttons then this is what happens and actually like you said that can lay down some programming that prevents new joyous beautiful juicy things from happening because we've associated the outcome or that particular part of the journey with that particular action and actually there are other ways that we can have a think about um, and access through conversation. How else would you say people can get ideas for other ways of 
pleasuring themselves, pleasuring their partners, being pleasured by their partners. It's really good to practice outside of the sexual arena first, actually, like practicing breaking your habits and finding pleasure because it's quite difficult. There's a lot of charge in sex and sometimes there's a lot of expectation when we're with partners. The other morning I woke up really early after a really good night's sleep, which is quite rare for me. And I lay in bed thinking, oh, I could go to the beach with my with my breakfast or maybe I'll do that another day and I realized myself telling my having a really beautiful idea breaking a pattern because usually my mornings aren't like that and I thought oh, I'll, do, I'll do it another day because you know my head was telling me oh you've got emails to answer <laughs> you know and what I did was I broke a pattern and said no I need to do this today so it's not sexual pleasure but it was pleasure and it was a broken pattern it was something completely new and the more we do that the more flexible we get the more we kind of exercise that muscle which allows us to try something new to maybe fail a bit because that's one of the biggest reasons we probably don't try something new is because we don't want to fail at it or look bad at it and then of course add your partner or partners into the mix we don't want to fail in front of someone that we care for so practice look at your current patterns in life and even if they're really healthy, you know, my usual pattern is like yoga and green juice. That's super healthy. But actually, going to the beach that morning in my onesie was the, a brilliant idea. So breaking patterns outside of sex and intimacy in bedroom and partner pleasure really helps us just be more flexible and accepting when, when we're in intimacy and the charge of sex. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I love what you said about failure and that that is a natural process. It comes up within relationships, whether you are on your own or when you're in a partnership or more. The stakes are even higher when you're thinking that you might fail in front of somebody that you really care about or you value their thoughts and feelings. How can we reframe failure? Part Diva. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Diva. Yeah, brilliant. That's exactly what I do in my work. Now, let's talk about sex and intimacy failure, which there isn't really any such thing. If we're thinking of it's not working for me. So actually, something isn't working for me. That's usually what we mean by failure in sex and intimacy, I think. And what we can do is go, this isn't working for me. And we can sit in it and we can sulk about it and we can really be in our funk about it and get upset and get a bit triggered, especially if we're with someone else as well. Because it's, oh, what does this mean about me? What does this mean about them? What does this mean about us? This isn't working. And it might be, this isn't working for me, but let's try this instead. Because I often find when people come to me and go, I'm not satisfied in my sex life, I don't like this, this and this. And I ask them, so what do you like? Or what would you like more of? They don't know. And again, maybe the fear is they don't want to try to find out in case they don't find anything. And again, maybe it's stepping away from that. I need multi-orgasmic bliss states all day, every day to I just want to feel some really nourishing touch from my partner or I want to feel their breath on my neck as we snuggle just really scaling things down so that we can come back to these micro pleasures of experience because just paying extra awareness to them can make them the full feast basically we often think about things like this as as almost I suppose foreplay and even the word foreplay suggests that there's something else greater to come. I'm not a fan of that. You know, my sex life, I want it to be 90% foreplay, if not 100% actually. I don't need the kind of goal-orientated approach of orgasm if I'm rolling around in loads of pleasure. And if I'm in pleasure and something fails or goes wrong or isn't working for me, it just doesn't matter so much because I'm full, because I've worked really hard on all of these micro pleasures with my partner if we're looking at reframing failure it's instead it's this doesn't work for me but how about this instead that sounds brilliant it's the and this isn't working and let's try something else so bringing in that opportunity and not shutting down accepting and building as we say in the improvisation for many years I was an improviser and the phrase is accept and build and Mm. that seems to work really well here to say okay I see this is something that um, you want to happen it's not working for me at the moment how about so I'm accepting what you've said I'm accepting the situation I'm accepting the reality and then I'm saying let's build and create something else together while we're at this place. Yeah, if that's not the thing that works for me today, what is the next step or the next step towards that thing? It takes loving communication and generosity actually on everyone's part, I think. 
And I, I love what you say about foreplay and how actually foreplay is an unnecessary judgment because we mm. know that some people's foreplay is another person's sex. So yeah. why do we even use that word? We should we should get rid of the word. Yeah. Intimacy and sex and pleasure is is what we're looking at here. Yeah, for sure. And when I talk about sex, you know, the idea of sex is so limiting. When I talk about sex, I mean everything around sex and sexual energy, basically. It definitely does not just fit into the penetrative, you know, P and V uh, story that we're told that isn't sex. Sex is kind of everything else around the edges as well. <laughs> I did want to ask you a question about that because I know that you are involved in running workshops around tantric t- touch what is that tantric touch i probably have a different answer for this every day so let's see what i come up with today tantric touch is touch with awareness actually that's what i'm gonna stick with and because tantra is about bringing presence to everything that's going on it's really on topic of what we're talking about today about stepping away from that script and it's releasing all of those conditionings that we have about pleasure and how we should behave and how we should look and how we should feel and what we should do we should people please this person so they like us it's just bringing real presence to touch and for me that means that first you drop into yourself and your own body and you figure out how you are right now and what your body is telling you it needs and really honoring that in any connection and then bring in breath to the any touch that you're giving, whether it's hand touch, hair stroke, involver touch, whatever. It's about bringing breath to that experience so that you stay in your own experience and you're not overriding yourself and you're not chasing anything. You're just staying really present with what is actually going on. And from that place, you can make really good decisions. And the person who's receiving, if you're playing with another, gets to also take their time to make really good decisions about what is helpful for us right now. Because especially in the presence of sexual energy, we can just kind of get on the roller coaster of, oh, right, we're on, we're on the train now. When does it stop? Oh, it stops at orgasm. Yeah, that's just not very helpful. If we use breath and presence and awareness with our touch, the train doesn't have to go in a straight line. It could go round the corner, up the hill, over the road and back to the start again. Orgasm might not have anything to do with the experience, but it's how do I feel in this presence of this person with touch? What do I feel in my fingertips as I touch them? What are they feeling? How can I respond to that? And how can I bring real awareness to what's happening in my body and theirs? Oh, that sounds amazing. So people, if you fancy riding a bent train... (laughs) Perfect way of putting it. A bendy train. (laughs) You need to get on the Tantric Touch workshop. I love it. I love it. Flexible train. Flexible Flexible train. train. Uh, The kinked train. Where can (laughs) people find out about your work and what are you currently working on? Oh, my website is always a great place to find me, gemairs.co.uk. I have an events page there. All of my events for the next few months are listed there. And I also have a free gifts page on there as well. This podcast will probably be on there at some point. I have videos and interviews, some snippets I've done for documentaries on TV, as well as some free practice videos. So if you're interested in what I'm talking about when I talk about breath and awareness, there are a few 10 minute, five minute videos that will help and explain a bit more and maybe guide you into some practices as well. So that's how you can find my free bits. So my current workshops I've got coming up in Brighton are I've got my tantric touch 
parties and tantric temples and there's one which is a mixed gender event and I also run ones for women and vulva owners and this is all about how we experience meeting others with touch and I guide you into practices for the first half and then the second half is about how you create your own experience with the tools and the practices that I've already offered you so it's a really beautiful space there's just this rich, almost, I want to say divinity in the room. Something really glorious happens in the room. There's so much learning and I think healing and sharing as well. So it really creates a very beautiful bubble in our very small sex positive community in Brighton. I'm running couples events for couples of any gender configuration and they are day retreats. I've planned it for Valentine's Day, but they seem to be spilling into March and April now because they're super popular. So they are also really super juicy. And I've got my online events also. So I've got my self-pleasure for vulva owners practice, which is an evening where it's self-touch practice. And that's online, so you don't need to be on screen for that or anything. And this is really about tuning into your body and what you can find there for yourself when we break habits around how we touch ourselves. That all sounds amazing. It sounds like a right old buffet. <laughs> it is a right old buffet. Oh, can I mention the sex chats as well? About the sex chats? This is a new project. The first one is going to be 29th of February, but we plan to do one every two months. And it's a night of sexpert speakers speaking on all sorts of topics around bodies, intimacy and pleasure. So we've got someone who's speaking on the shadow of intimacy. They're a shadow worker and yoga teacher. We've got someone talking about uh, conscious relating and how to be a feminist man in partnership. We've got someone who is discussing body positivity, attachment styles in relationships, someone from the queer community. It'll be brilliant. They're a queer activist and author. And so that's going to be a beautiful event. We plan to have it every two months. And it's a night of speakers speaking around all topics, intimacy, sex and pleasure related. Sounds yummy. Yeah. Thank you so, so much, Gem Ayres, for coming into the relationship room. It has been fabulous having you here and to pick your brains about all things pleasure, sex, intimacy and tantra. Thank you so much for having me, Ali. It's always an honour. Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Every fortnight, we bring you new interviews from a vast range of fabulous people, celebrating and amplifying the voices of the LGBTQIA plus community. Browse our extensive back catalogue of episodes to find your favourites, from Jennifer Beals to Abby Jacobson. It's like one gorgeous, glossy magazine in your ear. Please share, rate or review us. It really does help. You can find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can email me at editorial at diva-magazine.com. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears. Pod Diva. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.